With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Big Thing. It is Monday. It's a later episode. And there's a, a, a lot of good reasons for that. And I'll explain that later. But that's, that's not what we're talking about yet. Um, there's a lot of different things going on. And the one of the major things, the big thing, if you will, is that Avatar 2 is now the sixth movie in history to cross the $2 billion mark. Uh, not only that, James Cameron, this is his third film to do so. So put that in your, uh, in your hat. That, that's not a saying, but put it in your hat anyway. Put it right in there and let it sit there. While we um, marvel, if you will, at um, at, at at the the greatness of, of James Cameron, um, the Razzies are they so stupid now that you just get rid of them? Who cares? The the nominations came out and a bunch of things, and they nominated a, a child at this point. It's like, come on, man, uh, give, give it a rest. And we do this already with Jake Lloyd. The uh, there's some Flowers of the Moon is the new Scorsese movie. And I've been wanting to see that for a long time. It, it, apparently, he made some major uh, changes to it. So we'll go over that. The Last of Us is just annihilating ratings, critically, everything. So we'll get into that as well. Um, and then the Skeleton Crew. That's the new Star Wars series. It's apparently wrapped filming. So it looks like we will get that at the end of the year as, as uh, discussed previously. Um. Those are the major stories that we'll be going over today. There might be a couple other ones that pop up, but those are the major ones that we're going to cover today. So before we get into it, if you're brand new to the channel, you haven't been here before, do me a favor, subscribe. We just hit 64,000 today, man, trying to get to 65. It's been slower in January, so the fact that we hit 64 is pretty good. We're trying to hit 65 and on the road to 70, which will hopefully be then the road to 100. We're going to jump that big. We're going to jump from 70 to 100 once we hit to 70. That'll be the goals. So if you can subscribe, please do so. A lot of people like to listen to this show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. A lot of Spotify listeners, and I love that. Um, it does help tremendously. People ask if it helps. They say, hey, I don't really watch on YouTube too much. I do a lot of the podcast stuff. Is that okay? It's it's wonderful. We're very, very aware that there's two separate audiences. There's a video audience and there's an audio audience, and, and we love that you guys are listening to us on Apple and Spotify. And even if you are listening or watching on YouTube, rather, Download us on either Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. It helps tremendously, so please do that. Uh, you want to help out the show also, and you want to really show off some cool merch. That's up there. Sith Council, show some class, big thing, all of it, that and more. The Black Knight, yeah, that's up there, and it's doing pretty well also. And um, this this one I really love, the you, you Don't Know Shit. It's a good one. It's a good one to wear in public, especially the way the world is today. And... Last but certainly not least, i got to give a shout-out to Carbon Health, sponsoring this episode today. Carbon Health rules, man. You guys know Carbon Health. I've been talking about them for a bit. They've been on this Monday episode for quite a while. They have 120 locations. They handle urgent care, COVID, RSV, flu testing, vaccinations. But what you need to look into is how they're expanding into primary care services, and that includes Connected Health. If you don't know what Connected Health is, it's the idea that our health isn't just about our bodies but also our mind. Carbon Health providers come connected with mental health specialists as well. Really important. I'm glad that people know that now, and they have been hearing that from me. Carbon Health will be expanding these primary care services, and they have been doing so in 2023. If you're in Massachusetts, you can access the connected care. It is now expanded from California to Massachusetts. Carbon Health is an excellent urgent care and testing center, but don't sleep on their primary care services. Excited to be with them. Excited that they're with us, and I'm excited that you are with me here today. we got a lot of exciting things coming up, man, and we'll get into it. All right, it's the big thing. Let's start the show, shall we? Come on. What's up, peeps? Good to have you. Christian Harloff here with the big thing. And, man, it's funny. Sometimes when I 
hear myself talk when I'm by myself. I feel like I've accomplished my dream of becoming Happy Harry Hard on from uh, Pump Up the Volume. God, I love that movie when I was a kid. And it was so, like, unrealistic to do that as a, uh, as a kid because there's no podcasting. There's none of that. It was just, like, beating the FCC trying to figure out a way to do it. And Harry did it. And I love that movie so much. It was, I watched, I mean, it's how I learned about Leonard Cohen. It's, it's, it's a lot of different things I learned from that movie. But, man, I, and, you know, and, and you get to do it. You get to do it. So, anyway, how are you guys? Yeah, you doing well? And I feel like, you know, I say that where I, I, I assume that there's some people that maybe, I don't know, maybe finding this for the first time. And if so, welcome. Thank you for joining us. But maybe there's some people who just watch Big Thing. Maybe there's some people who just watch um, the long-form stuff and they don't know. I, I mean, I've got a ton of crap that I mean, It's a good way to market your stuff. I put crap, a ton of crap that I put out. But I've been busy over the last 24 hours. Even though it's been slower in January, I've been busy. Because Last of Us has just been a show that I want to cover and I want to talk about. So I do those immediate reactions as soon as I'm done watching it with my wife, who is watching it. I don't know how much longer she's going to watch it, though. Not because she doesn't like it. I said this in my spoiler review. Um, there's just a particular moment that happens. Don't worry, no spoilers. There's a particular moment that happens at the end of episode two, and she's like, I don't know if I can keep watching this. And it's I'm just It really disturbed her. So she's like, I don't know. That image, I don't know if I can do it. I was like, all right, well, I got to do it because I'm enjoying the show and I'm covering it. So... There you go. I'll be doing that. I'll be watching it. But um, but anyway, I put out a ton of stuff. I did an immediate reaction. Got that up. I, I'll be doing that on Sunday nights. And then the first thing I do on Sunday morning normally is The Last of Us Review. And I've been, please watch those. If you're watching the show and you watch my stuff, please watch those Last of Us spoiler episodes that I do. I, I really go through it. I make sure that I put all the images in and I... And I, you know, I was editing it this morning and making sure that it was it was sounding right and all that. And I would love for you if if you're the Last of Us fans and you like my stuff, please check that one out because that's what that's I I would really I'm putting putting the work in. So I'm hoping that you you check it out. But anyway, my point is on this morning when I came out, my my goal was to do the Last of Us spoiler review in the morning, and then lead right into the big thing that I would probably get up at around like twelve o'clock. But the Dungeons and Dragons trailer dropped this morning. I was like, oh, man, you know, the first one did pretty good. People want to see that. People didn't give a shit about that trailer reaction. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but nonetheless, I'm, I'm curious about it. I'm curious about that movie. I, was, I said, I don't know what, the, and I know that you guys can tell me in the comments what the hell's going on with, I guess, this Hasbro thing or some shit that I saw trending. And I, I, I don't really, I don't pay attention to drama anymore on Twitter. I really don't. And I don't know what the hell it is. You can let me know. I mean, those fucking M&M M &M things happening today, too. I'm like, I, it's, I'm so bored with it all. Whether it's, it, it's just, like I said, I hate Twitter so much. And for, it's just like everyone's fighting with each other. There's fucking fights over M&Ms now. I don't even know what's happening. I don't care. I don't care. You can explain it to me. I don't care. I don't care who's right. I don't care who's wrong. I don't care. It's, I'm just so tired of it. It's just so silly that, that there's, that, that, I, I hate it. Anyway, um, I put out Dungeons and Dragons today. That was what I did. I did a reaction to it. I put it out there, and um, and and I'm curious about it. I'm curious about that movie. I want to see it. it. I like the second trailer more so than the first because I think that I understood more into the second trailer of what it is. It feels like Knight's Tale. It feels like um, it feels like it's just kind of a fun, silly movie. And one of the things I said in the trailer reaction. Is that I and mean, this is this is gonna play into a news story that we have here today. Um, I think that right now the big games in town when it comes to theater films, right, are the obviously the Marvel movies and the DC movies and the Star Wars movies. I mean, those, those but Marvel's right now the 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 king of the castle when it comes to the the box office, right? Now you're like, well, wait a minute, aren't you going to talk about Avatar today? So how does that how does that play? Well, this is it. We're talking about mostly you put out Black Panther and I didn't like Thor and I didn't like um, Doctor Strange too much. They still made money, right? So those are the ones that are kind of making the cash right now. So I think that there, a movie like 
John Wick 4, Dungeons and Dragons, Creed, they're all kind of like, yeah, let's have those for theater experiences. Because I saw something the other day, Regal's kind of closing down their doors and doing some stuff. And I was like, and not 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 all over at some places. And I'm like, shouldn't you wait a little bit? I mean, maybe you can't, maybe you're just hemorrhaging right now, but shouldn't you wait to see? Because I know people aren't going back to the movies for certain movies, but there are certain ones I feel like they're going to go back to. Because there was this whole report by the news guy afterwards of what what people wanted to see. And he was he was older, and I think he was wrong. He was talking about how certain Oscar movies people want to see in the theater because they get nominated and people want to go see it. Casual fans don't give a shit about that. A lot of casual fans. If you're a movie buff, you're a hardcore film fan, and you and you pay attention to the nom- you know the nominations are coming out tomorrow morning, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna be sitting around. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what's happening. Um, then yeah, maybe. Oh, that movie got nominated. And everybody's talking about it, and it's finally in my town. I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah, absolutely, that happens. But that's not how you make money. You got to get people like my friend John Pinto to care. You got to get people you guys know, like those casual fans going, what the hell is that? Oh, I'm not going to see that. I'm going to go see the new, uh, I'm going to go see the new Marvel movie. I'm going to see Dune. I'm going to see this. You know, that's, that's what's getting people in the theaters these days. That's why certain Oscar movies don't, Oscar movies don't do well anymore. Smaller movies don't do well anymore in the theaters because it's because the guy accurately said streaming had, you know, had a big cause as well as the pandemic, obviously, in the hurting of, of theater going. And I agree with that. But I think that's also incumbent on the studios to look and say, okay, this ain't 2018 anymore. I think 2019 anymore. It's a very different world now. We have to scale down budgets for certain things. We have to scale down budgets on, even on the bigger movies, they scale down the budgets. We have to definitely think about if we're going to release certain movies in the theater at all, and if we do, sell them to a streaming platform also it's smaller movies not i i understand and i've come around uh, to i mean i was i was definitely selfishly because of um you know during the pandemic i wasn't going to the theater a lot and i also like watching movies with my family so when movies were coming out you know whether it's king kong godzilla whatever the day in the theater and day uh, at home I was like, I love this. I understand why it's a it's a bad move for the studios in general, but maybe not for everything. Maybe for movies like She Said and other movies that are not going to do um, big box office numbers, maybe you try to do that. I mean, I guess that the the counter to that is well, then everybody's just going to start blaming it on the fact that it was a a day and day and release. Um, but I I just think smaller movies that should should absolutely debut. Because and with the understanding, like it's like going to Vegas. You take a thousand dollars to Vegas, and you go, "I got a thousand bucks. This is everything. What do I do? I gonna panic if I lose it? No, take like four hundred bucks to Vegas and say I'm probably gonna lose this. Right, five hundred bucks. I'm gonna take this to Vegas. A hundred bucks. I'm gonna lose this. That's what you do. Same way. I'm gonna put it on HBO Max, a couple theaters. Maybe we make some money back in the theater as well. I don't know. What the hell do I know? Um, anyway, so yeah, man, lots going on. Speaking of box office, let's get into this. This is massive. This is massive. Avatar 2, Way of Water. The movie has made $2 billion. $2 billion. Now, I'm one of those people who predicted incorrectly with how much this movie was going to make. I thought it would make a lot of money. I thought it would make a profit. I thought it was going to tap out. I think I said 1.4 to 1.6, I think, was some, some somewhere along the lines where I said, I said, that's probably where it's going to tap out. And in, in my reasoning for that was that maybe people aren't going to return the same way or maybe it's a different time and post-pandemic and blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and I just thought that $2 billion was just such a hard number to, to attain, it, whether you predicted 1.7, 1.8, 1. 1.9, you were wrong. You were wrong. It made $2 billion and it's and it hasn't stopped. Because the main reason, again, is because this movie has no competition until Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. As we mentioned before, a Marvel film. Those are the types of movies that can do well in the theater. These other movies that are coming out, you got Shyamalan's movie that, again, and even something like 
and don't forget, during this time, Megan came out and did very well for what it cost. It cost like $6 million or something ridiculous um, and made a, a shit ton when you look at how I think it made, I don't know, whether I think it made $150 million worldwide, Megan. Off a $6 million budget, that's massive. And I'm making those numbers up, but I think I'm somewhere in the ballpark from what I remember on previous reports. But my point is that there are other movies that can tap into this. The little movies that have the smaller budgets make some money, but they're not going to affect Avatar at all, right? And that's this. That's the Shyamalan movie. Um, that's these other movies that are coming out. Puss in Boots didn't, did, I guess, something. I don't know. Puss in Boots started slow and I think started to build. So I think Puss in Boots did okay. Um, they might say in this report, I don't know. But Ant-Man is the one that will start to hit it in that spot that you go, okay, we're coming close to the end of our run. We'll keep it in for a little bit, but now the, now the end is coming. Plus, it's Disney, and now it used to be Fox versus Disney. Now it's just Disney versus Disney with Avatar. So they're going to let it run until Ant-Man comes in, and then they'll start to put, put it in less theaters. And it'll probably tap out. The question is, can Avatar make $3 billion? Look, I said no to two, but I'm going to say definitely no to three. Now, the counter-argument to that is, yeah, but James Cameron put Avatar one in the theater like 27 different times to get it to beat Endgame. And I don't understand when people are like, oh, he had to, it's, he, could, he just couldn't, he just couldn't hold back. He had to put it in theaters. And so, yeah, he wants to make money. And he did. So like he put, 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 there was, a, well, Winston was telling me, well, how about Morbius? Morbius, they put back in theaters and it did shittier than it, it, it did shitty. Didn't make any money at all. Avatar keeps making money. It's 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 13 years old. And it's still making money, the first one, when you put it out in theaters. Why wouldn't you put it out in theaters? You should do the same thing with Endgame. Um, but $3 billion at two right now with about a month and a half left to go, maybe maybe two months in a theatrical run as it starts to wind down and slow down. And, as, and once Ant-Man comes out, and then you've got John Wick and Dungeons and Dragons. Mar March, it's just, it's the, it's the end. It's the end. Um, so shit. Shit, shit, shit. I don't know. I don't know if it'll make $3 billion. I say no. My number now, and I was wrong with my first number, my number now is $2.4 billion, which is still a shit ton. $2.4. And I'm about a billion dollars over what I predicted initially. So 2.4 billion, which is still a big, big run. Um, 3 billion, no, no chance. It's not gonna be another billion dollars, no freaking way. But 2 billion, and, it, and it's already crossed into the fact that this movie is now the third movie that this motherfucker has now done this made $2 billion is nuts. Titanic 1, Titanic 2, and, and uh, freaking Titanic. Titanic, Avatar 1, and Avatar 2, all three movies, have made $2 billion. I mean, don't ever doubt this dude. And and he's already shot the third one. It, it, it's, it's, it made its money and then some. And the, the third one's already made money, if you look at it in a certain aspect. Crazy, 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 crazy. Um, James Cameron's Avatar, The Way of Water, has now become only the sixth film in history to cross the $2 billion mark at the worldwide box office. It is the first film in pandemic times to do so, and for Cameron, it is now his third film to achieve it. It is Zoe Saldana's fourth film. How about that? How about that? Zoe Saldana has been in four films that have made a billion dollars. hope she got some points in those. Disney announced Sunday that the film will finish the weekend with a worldwide of $2.024 billion, 2 excuse me, with $598 million domestically and $1.4 billion overseas. It hit the $2 billion mark earlier than the first Avatar did, and that film remains the top-grossing film of all time at 2.9. The Way of Water is now only days away from overtaking Star Wars The Force Awakens and Avengers Infinity War to rank fourth. It's in its sixth weekend domestically, the film took in $19.7 million. It made $20 million this weekend. Wow. 40% from last weekend. It still had a Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, which is second with 11.5 fifth weekend and Megan which slipped to third with a further 10 point 10 oh, excuse me 10 million dollars for Megan the searching sequel missing a film set entirely on a computer screens debuted in fourth place 9.3 doing off of a tight seven million dollar budget uh wow yeah 
points. I mean, holy crap, man. It's a it's a juggernaut. And now they're playing with house money with, with Avatar 3 because they've already shot it. You know, they're going to do some post stuff. I mean, I'm so curious when that be that comes out in 2000 and what, 24? I'm pretty sure 2024, next year. So they'll be editing it post all this year and next year they'll, they'll put it out and then we're going to be back in avatar land again in about a, almost two years from now or less than two years from now and um and we're going to be here all over again and if this thing may, and, and if the third one makes a billion dollars i mean come on holy shit it's a crazy story it really is someone someone the other day i mean i, I missed tweeted and said it's the for it's the sixth one to make a billion and i meant to put two billion but people were like well why did why does it matter because six films in the history of film have done it six and this guy has done three of them that means that enough people why does it matter imagine you make a product and it makes you've made three products that have made over two billion dollars in the theater uh, excuse me six billion dollars in the theater alone and then and, and then some seven i think the first avatar was almost three right um nuts absolutely nuts anyway it's a crazy story i'm so curious what you guys think throw a comment in there and let me know do you think that this is um do you, do you find this story as nuts as i do or are you say like, oh, yeah it's happened it'll have another two billion dollar movie will happen pretty soon uh, i mean i just think it's in and, and granted ticket prices have changed Things are different. The 3D helps, all of that, but doesn't it doesn't change the fact that you still got to get people into the into the theater. And what I've heard, and and we said this beforehand, it's repeat viewing. I mean, I know I've seen it twice. I know people, most a lot of people, have seen it twice because it's just the theater. It's the theater experience. All right, let's. Uh, before I move on, I want to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped. You guys know how much I love Manscaped. I love Manscaped. I've been telling you about Manscaped forever. And I'm so excited now that they've got this beard trimmer. It's awesome. It's got the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, it's got the tech behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit and allows you to shave your signature beard look. You can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com. But you got to use that code. Big thing. Get 20% off. A lot of people send me comments, tell me they use these codes. And I'm like, I'm so glad that you are because there's a reason why we do it. We only get in business with people we think that the audience is going to like and that I want to use. And Manscaped is definitely, definitely part of that crew, I'll tell you. And you start this all off with the Beard Hedger, and it's a juggernaut, man. And it fix your face. First off, it's got the cordless trimmer with a rotary wheel. It gives you 20 uh, positions of precision, all with one guard. No more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. Yeah, the face grooming does not need to be hard. You get 20, 20 different lengths in just one guard. The blade is tough on hair, but it's smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. It's got the uh, beard oil, which is an essential piece for your main facial accessory. You know, you don't want to... No one wants to have a guy whose beard is brittle and dry. It's nice. It makes you feel nice. And you cap off the kit with the beard balm. Styles, moisturizes, and it tames for a sculpted look to attract any fellow or dame. Get 20% off and free shipping with that code BIGTHING at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use that code BIGTHING. Manscaped Beard Hedger. One stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. I got myself a suit today. By the way, I needed to get a suit. I was it's something I was going to do for myself. I not I needed to get a suit because I go to these things. I went to that. I I think I I don't know if I told you guys or not. I went to uh, this Netflix. They, they invited me to this party. I think it was like when the hell was it? Was it the beginning of the year? I think it was the beginning of the year. It was the beginning of the year. And I went and I was there and I was looking like great Chris Van Vliet. Right? I love Chris Van Vliet. He's a really good guy. Nice guy. And the guy's, he's just like smooth when he's walking around. He's like, I'm like, I, look at this guy's suit. I'm walking around with a freaking jacket I've had for like seven years, eight years, whatever it is. It's nice enough. I need a suit. So I took the day today. 
and I, I you know I did my videos. I did the two videos. I did the the Dungeons and Dragons thing, and then I did the uh, spoiler for Last of Us. And then I took a little bit of break for myself, and I went with my wife. We had lunch together, and I got myself a suit. And I'll be, you know, I got some weddings weddings coming up that I'm going to go to. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I got that beard trimmer now from Manscaped. Helps me out. Make me feel good. Anyway, so if you want to help yourself out, get yourself um, some Manscaped. Use that code big thing. I'm telling you. Because a lot of times people, I, and I say this all the time, you can click the like, you can throw a comment. That helps tremendously. You can subscribe to the channel. You can be a part of the Patreon. You can get a shirt, all that stuff. I always recommend also get if you want to also get something for yourself too besides the shirt you can get yourself the uh, manscaped and, and and it'll benefit you. if you don't if you haven't already gotten if you already have a, a kit and you're like ah, I've got it and I'm gonna upgrade eventually but but not right now or and I'm not gonna try the beer trimmer yet although I'd like to not yet if you've never had manscaped ever show a little just an ounce and get yourself some manscaped all right let's move on gonna shift um the next one that i want to talk about to be honest with you we'll talk about this on on wednesday on big things to the council but skeleton crew man skeleton crew was announced i think when the first time it was announced was it at i think it was star celebration and then they talked about it at d23 they're really pushing this thing like quick like it kind of came out of nowhere and it's coming up this year and they talked about that. I mean, I don't know how long they were working on it, but it's it's moving. Filming has officially wrapped on the upcoming Star Wars Skeleton Crew series for the Disney Plus service. Again, some Dark Horizons. The show's stunt coordinator, George Cottle, shared a video on his IG celebrating the moment, but the posting was deleted, not before the internet caught it. According to Deadline, the post caption read, That's a wrap on Skeleton Crew. Once again, I was lucky enough to be surrounded by some of the most amazing stunt performers I've ever worked with, and I felt so lucky to work with all of you. Thank you for all your hard work and dedication. So excited for this one. Stunt actor Julia Porter also reportedly shared on her Instagram stories a message after wrapping saying, going to miss my Star Wars skeleton crew stunt family. So grateful. Can't wait for the next world to see what's in store. It was announced in May 2022 with Jude Law leading the cast from what little is known about the series. It sounds like this franchise version of Star Trek Prodigy, albeit in live action. The story follows a group of kids who are about 10 years old who get lost in the Star Wars universe. However, it's been advised that despite the young leads, it's not a kid's show. The series hails from John Watts, director of the Tom Holland-led Spider-Man trilogy, and the old man, don't forget about that one, uh, and writer Christopher Ford. Events unfold in the same time period as The Mandalorian, after Return of the Jedi. All right, so let's talk about this real quick. Um, this show is interesting because it is one of those ones where you're like, well, what the hell is it? And, like, we know there's little that we know about it, except, like, we saw a picture of Jude Law. We know that there's kids in it. We know that it takes place in the same universe as Filoni and Favreau. We know it's it's in the Favreau-Filoni-verse, right? It's in, it's in that area. So it's going to play in somehow, and you'll probably see some tie-ins. There's rumors and, and speculation that it's probably the outer regions for, and I'm not going to go full on, you know, Sith Council with you right now, but like for people who are curious about it, even the casual fans, the outer regions are something, or the unknown regions, excuse me, the unknown regions are something that hasn't been explored too much. It's been explored in the, in the Star Wars canon novels, but not as much so in the canon um, of Star Wars. And in Rebels, they, I think they, mentioned that that's where Ezra and, and Thrawn are, and I think that that's where Thrawn kind of ends up, and I think that's where the majority of Ahsoka is going to take place. But if you're going to combine it and you're going to make it, you know, um, all relevant, then chances are if these kids are getting lost, they probably get lost in the unknown regions, one would guess. Now, as far I can also confirm there what Dark Horizon says in, in that when said that even though there's like 10 year olds it's not going to be like a kid's show that is what john watts told myself steph and mike kalinowski directly outside of the hotel at um at star wars celebration when we saw him we talked about him and how excited we were and he was he had mentioned like stranger things he had mentioned clone wars like the dark moments of the clone Wars series and he said that yeah there are kids in it but it's like where it's it's it, it, it can go into places that those shows did and 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 more 
And um, and we were really excited by that because especially after seeing like obviously Spider-Man movies, but if you if you saw what he did with those first two episodes of The Old Man, we were in pretty good hands here. And he seemed really, really excited when he was talking about the show, and he seems really excited about doing Star Wars. So, and I think that he was supposed to. He was rumored to do Fantastic Four. Wasn't he not not even rumored? Wasn't he attached to something? I can't remember what it was. Whatever it was, he decided he wasn't going to do it. I think it was because of this. I think I don't remember what the full thing was, but he was supposed to do more. But he's doing this, and I'm pumped for it. And it's coming out, and it's wrapped. Poor bastard who who posted about it. And then imagine that. Imagine getting that call. Like there's there's like two sides of it too. If you if you because there are those people who and I I've, I've been on it from something as as you know small as like the Schmodown where we have this thing going on and someone posts about it and you're like and I got to call somebody. What are you doing? Take that down. We're not even promoting. We don't. No, don't don't do that yet. Don't jump the gun with somebody who doesn't talk to you. Roki used to do it all the time. He would post shots and something. Like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I thought because you you said this. I'm like, no. But you know. Um, the skeleton crew with this guy on the wraps. Now there's two ways to look at it. One, he called somebody and said, Hey, you think it's cool if I do this? And somebody higher up was like, yeah, it's fine. And the higher up was wrong. And then a phone call comes in. What are you, what, what's this guy doing? Uh, it, one, again, one of two things, the guy bites the bullet and says, I told him this my, my bad. And then you gotta take it down. You gotta take it down. Or he goes, I don't know what this guy's doing. I never said that. He's a real scumbag, but we don't know if that's the case. Um, or he just decided, or the stunt guy was like, wasn't even, didn't check in with anybody and said, oh, I'm going to post this. It's over now. Not, not paying attention because not everybody's as clued in to what happens and how, you know, tight lipped everybody is. Like, there's people, some of these stunt people, you think they watch all this shit and pay attention to it? And know about the secret box and all that. Everybody knows that that you can't post this stuff on Star Wars and Marvel. You think Clint, the guy who's like wrestling snakes in Arizona, in between jobs, gives a shit about posting about Wookies? He don't give a shit. They told him they're like, "Hey, Clint, listen, can you take that down?" He said, "Why don't you come over and tell me that to my face?" I had to ask like his friend to do it. Clint ain't fucking around. I don't give a shit. Well, we ain't gonna hire Clint again. Yeah, tell Clint that. He's he's sleeping in your backyard and just wrestled three bears. He don't give a shit about posting about Grand Animal Thrawn. Bitch slap Grand Animal Thrawn. Don't mess with Clint. Those stunt people are no joke. Anyway. Um Yeah, it's interesting. It's all interesting. And those two stories alone, it's it that's gonna be a very popular show. I think it's going to be a very popular show, Skeleton Crew. But if you want to pop into popular shows, man, holy moly. Let's talk about this show. The Last of Us is no joke. It's awesome. It's awesome. And and no spoilers. I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody if you haven't had a chance to watch it, so don't don't get nervous. Like, oh, man, i got to check the time codes because he's going to spoil it. I'm not going to do that. I, that's, why, that's why I do my spoilers. Um. There's just so much great stuff happening right now with this show. And I'm going to tell you that the story is first. Again, Garth Franklin over at uh, Dark Horizons. Last weekend's premiere of HBO series adaptation of The Last of Us launched as the premium cable drama's second most watched series premiere in more than a decade behind only Game of Thrones spinoff House of the Dragon. Last night's second episode, however, has broken a new record for the channel. According to ratings giant Nielsen, combined with the first-party data from Warner Brothers Discovery, the show's second episode pulled in 5.7 million viewers across linear airings on HBO and streams on HBO Max. That is a 22% increase on last week's episode, breaking 4.7 million in overnight, a number that jumped to 10 million after two days of availability. That 22% jump, from the initial premiere viewership to second episode debut audience is also, according to HBO, the largest, excuse me, largest week two audience growth for an HBO original drama, drama series in the history of the network. In addition, the network has revealed that after one full week of availability, the first episode is now tracking at 18 million viewers, nearly four times its premiere night audience. HBO indicated last night 
that the Sunday night viewership for an HBO series represents around 20% to 40% of the show's total gross audience per episode. The news comes as the series' success has impacted game sales. The recent remake of the first game, which the first season is based on, saw a 238% spike in sales week on week in the UK, according to Game Industry Biz. In addition, the nearly decade old PS4 remastered version of the game also re-entered the charts with a 322% sales spike with the two versions of the title coming in at number 20 and number 32, respectively. So yeah, this is a holy shit. This is an avatar type thing. I mean, it's massive. Listen to this. It's huge. And it's funny. So again, not spoiler, just so I can repeat myself so people know what I've been doing. I've had that remastered version of the game i don't even know how long i'm pretty sure my wife bought it for me um years ago for a christmas presents and she didn't know what the hell she was buying she walked into a best buy or something and, and said i want to buy my uh I, my husband a, a video game um what should i get and the guy was like this one is the most popular thing going right now and it's been sitting on my shelf forever forever and i and and people have been telling me forever to play it and I was like, it's just a matter of, of when I can get to it, and I'd like to. And then the game, then the trailers came out for the show, and I was like, oh, I, I love Pedro Pascal, and the trailers look really good. It's an HBO show. I'm probably going to watch it anyway, so maybe I wait to play the game if I ever play the game. So after I watched the first episode, I got, I got to play this game. And not only do I have to play the game because I'm curious about playing the game, I want to see how close it is because I have been, like, screaming to the heavens saying hey Knights of the Old Republic Darth Bane novels Plagueis novels all this stuff that I would take the novels adapt it video games and I've been saying this forever for video games it's like and I, I did this thing on TikTok and I did it wherever and it was, and it, it was video games they have not been adapted well and people keep throwing out a uh, freaking uh uh, Sonic and they're throwing out Arcane, which I love, and they're throwing all these things. I'm not talking about just how properties have been. There have been a few properties that have done well, and I think Super Mario Brothers will do well also. I'm talking about a story that people played all the way through that they that they knew and they understood, and then it was adapted correctly because Assassin's Creed didn't do it. Max Payne didn't do it. Um, there are tons of movies that didn't do it right. As far as the story goes, I'm not talking about taking a property and then turn. I mean, that's it's it's a major accomplishment with with Sonic and um, and I've watched the Sonic, the Sonic movies. They're really well made movies, but those aren't games. The, I mean, the character is, but that story isn't a game. There's no the James Marsden character, unless I'm wrong. The James Marsden character and that whole storyline isn't a story. That's you know. Um, the video game industry. I'm not saying. I'm also not saying that doesn't include the fact that there hasn't been a good video game adaptation. I mean, excuse a good video game movie. There's a difference between saying there's no video game movies that are that are good. That's not true. The Pokemon movie was good. Sony was Sonic. Both movies really good. Um, Arcane, great series. All video game um, based. I'm talking about adaptation of story. This seems to be the one, and that to me, um, and it's, people also brought Castlevania. Castlevania, again, another good show based off of a video game. But the story itself, they, they made their own kind of original story. This, from what I've seen, and, and I wanted to play the game, I started playing the game after episode one, and I told myself this is what I'm going to do. Because, and, and yet again, why I love the week-to-week -week thing as opposed to the binge. Because I probably wouldn't do this if it was a full binge. But the week-to-week, -week, it gives me a week in between to play the game and catch up to where I am in the story before I get spoiled, and then I stop. Because I want to see how true it is. I want to see the gameplay. I want to see all that. It also shows me how, how superior both, and it's, Naughty Dog is also the same people who did Uncharted. Um, it is also very, very clear to me that I love the way that these people make games because an idiot like me was not a major gamer. I used to be a long time ago. Um, I, I, I was telling you how that the Jedi fall in order. I just fall off cliffs and I stop playing. This is after a while. They, they, they give you that th same thing. Dumb, dumb. Go, go underneath the cave because we want you to finish the story and not be here for six months. So, and it's fun. And I'm just, I'm just engaged in the story. Well, anyway, 
I can understand why the the spike has happened in the video games. I can understand why the spike is 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 happening in general, but it also proves another point of what I was trying to say. I don't know what show it was. It might have been this show. But this is why you can't say things like, and I bring up the Andor situation because it was the one that I got the most. Well, Andor bombed. No, it didn't, because even if because if it is this is specifically true when it comes to shows with critical acclaim so much different as compared to films on streaming if you have a if you have something already if you have a, a platform that you're subscribed to already and you're like ah, I'm, I'm 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 not i'm done with and i'm done with star wars i'm not going to watch it and you start hearing and and after about a month two months and then people and then you hear about Whatever it might be, you're reading something, you see something pop up, and, and Diego Luna's popping up all over the place because of Andor. People are talking about Andor. Your friend says, well, I just watched that show Andor. It's not bad. And you're like, all right, well, I'm subscribed to Disney+. Plus. I'll give it a shot. And you stick around. That's the reason why a number like Last of Us spikes dramatically. Like Last of Us was, it was a major number last week, and then it did 10 million on the course of between seven days. And that's what, because you already have HBO Max. Then you hear these, my, my brother's a perfect example. My brother goes, should I watch The Last of Us? And I was like, it's phenomenal. He hasn't, he watched it. I don't even know if he watched it, but he, he asked me about it. He will watch it. And that will include in that 10 million plus views or it already has. And that's the difference between like, as opposed to some movie that comes out that was really good, Doom. Not Doom? No, not Doom. What am I, Judge Dredd. How that Doom? People just, everybody just unsubscribed from me saying Doom was great. Um, Doom was terrible. I don't know how Doom even even came into my brain. Doom. Fucking Doom. Um, hey, you see Doom? Yeah. Rock's in it. He's bad. Yeah. He's a bad guy. Yeah, a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. Like when he turned from Rocky Mayavia. Yeah. But he didn't, you know, he didn't show up this time. No people's elbow. He's a real scumbag in this one. Go check it out. It, 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 it totally tricked uh, it tricked, it tricked Carl. He had no fucking idea. He was passed out, but it didn't matter. Yeah. Fucking guy landed in a, in a vial of uh, nacho cheese at the end of the night. That's all I'm saying. Doom. Um, <laughs> Dread. It's a fantastic film. Judge Dread is an awesome, awesome movie. And nobody saw it in the theater. And it's a Big word of mouth about it afterwards for people who saw it. They loved it, talked about it, raved about it. Didn't help the box office. Why? Because by the time people started talking about it, it was way gone. Or they caught it on cable. They caught it on streaming. Now, the numbers for that movie on streaming were probably much better. So don't jump when it comes to, you know, particular shows. That's why I also think that it's, it's silly that Netflix pulls stuff so quick. That's just they have so much. But... They don't give a thing a, 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 a room to breathe, plus their marketing sucks. But, I mean, the numbers for Last of Us is insane. It's insane, the, the amount of... And, and number two will do... I mean, we're going to 6.5 just last night. It'll probably reach 10 and, and higher over the next seven days. And, show, and it deserves to be. It's a fantastic show, and it's really smart. And like I said, I have my spoiler review up there. Um, what do you guys think? Do you like the show? Are you enjoying the show? Have you... Here's a, here's a question. Here's a question, and please, if you've never commented before and you're always like, well, you always ask to comment. I never know what to say. I'm going to give you something that I'd like you to respond to, please. So here is my question. If you have watched The Last of Us, right, um, are you all cut up? Are you watching it the second it drops, the day that it drops? Do you watch it the next day? Do you watch it two days later? Or have you never watched it? And now that, you know, people are talking about it a little bit more and you hear in this thing that you have, you didn't think you were going to watch it, but now you will, or just not for me, not going to watch it. I, I mean, there's an answer for every, every side there. So if you can, that's where I need your comment. So go ahead and do that, please. All right, before we go, uh, before we go, before we go into the next topic, I wanted to tell you about two more sponsors. I'm pumped, pumped to be working with Green Chef. I don't know if you guys have noticed, no one said anything, but I've been losing weight. Why? I've been taking care of myself. And one of those ways I've been partnered up with Green Chef. Really excited for that. Green Chef, it is a CCOF 
certified meal kit company. And Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit everyday lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or you're just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. If you're looking to kickstart a keto diet in the new year, they make it easier than ever to keep a keto diet with a brand new limited time keto kickoff in 2023. They expanded their menu. You can choose from over 30 recipes weekly. You have the options to mix and match. It's amazing. It's really, it's, it's a lot of fun too. If you crave more servings of a favorite recipe, you can now double the portions in your weekly order and all, you can just do it with one click. They offer a 10-minute lunch. Each week's menu includes, includes two convenient low-prep and nutritious lunch recipes ready in just 10 minutes. There's no cooking required, and it's perfect for when you're on the go or pressed for time at the office. Eat well at lunchtime. I'll tell you, that's exactly why one of the main reasons I have no time these days. It's hard. You guys know that it, once I went on my own and I started doing my own thing, it's awesome, it's liberating, it's free, but it's time-consuming. And to run into the house and make an and have lunches it's tough having this having it ready knowing what i'm going to know what i'm going to have on this menu knowing exactly what's right for me to be able to keep up with the diet and make sure that i can still stay healthy green chef has been tremendous tremendous and it's sustainable too by the way their recipe features organic produce premium proteins and sustainably sourced ingredients you can raise your food standards in 2023 and reap the flavor benefits so one of the main things you really need to do, you've got to use that code. you got to go to greenchef.com slash thing60. It's thing60. Go to greenchef.com slash thing60. Why is it 60? Because you get 60% off plus free shipping. It's really great. It is the number one meal kit for eating well. Facts. Thank you to Green Chef. Help yourself. Help the show. Get yourself some Green Chef. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash big thing and get on your way to being your best self. I'm so excited that BetterHelp is back. You guys know when we were with SEN, we do an SEN Live. BetterHelp was with us and we really, really were such major fans and, and so pumped to know that they are coming back to be with big thing. If you're at your best, you can do great things. And sometimes life gets you bogged down and you can feel overwhelmed like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. I can tell you right now that this was the case for me. I've talked about this not too long, about a year ago, I was in that headspace. I was there and I remember from, I'll be honest, better help. And it helped me tremendously. I've talked about it. And um, yeah, just you, you get into that rut. Working with a therapist, it can help you get closer to the best version of you. Because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything that life throws at you. Help me. Be able to talk to somebody, and, and I've mentioned this in the past. I've gone, I've been in places when I've decided not to talk to people. And I got myself in trouble from doing it. Because I didn't talk to anybody. I let things bottle up inside. Don't do it. Because I'm telling you, when you talk to somebody, it helps. It really, really does help. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, it's flexible, it's affordable, and it's entirely online. You fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and then switch therapist anytime, no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash big thing today and you get 10% off your first month. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash big thing. All right, so once again, thank you to both Green Chef and to BetterHelp. Um, really, really happy to have them both on board. And that is why I like to tell you guys continuously that as we do this and as we build the show and as you guys are commenting and as we continue to get the word out there, we start to get opportunities to work with people um, like BetterHelp, like Green Chef, and to introduce them to you. So when you get yourself one of these and use that code for a big thing for these sponsors. It doesn't just help out the show and help yourself out. It just, it, it really, really does. Um, it, it, it does a lot. It does. It's kind of scratching the back of both of us. So thank you guys so very much for 
for doing that. And because of it, we're starting to see more and more success because of it. So thank you very, very much. Um, all right, let's get to another topic here because there's a, there's a few more that I want to go over. And this is an interesting one. This is the Razzies. Now, if you guys didn't know what the Razzies were, the Razzies are essentially the, the Oscars for bad movies, right? And they've been around for a long time, really long time. And they just give the worst actor, worst this, worst that. They do it, they do it all the time. They've been doing it for a while, and it's, it's, been, a, it's been a goof for a long time, right? Um, I'll tell you what. For this year was the first year I decided. I mean, I, well, I wasn't doing lists the last couple of years, so I wasn't reviewing stuff as much. But I, I've stopped doing the Razzie stuff. I mean, the, the, the worst of stuff. I just don't see the, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, if some, if I'm looking at something and I think a movie stinks, and that movie stinks, a TV show stinks, it stinks. I don't like a certain thing. I don't like it. Worked for you? Good. I didn't like She-Hulk. Like three episodes out of it. The rest I thought was a fart fest. But if you loved it, it's amazing. It's great. Um, but, I'll, but I'll say it. Uh, but to do a list I, I, and we used to do them all the time, so it's not a matter of me being a hypocrite because we used to do it for schmoes all the time. Absolutely, we used to, for sure. And I'm not telling you I'll never do it again. I'm just telling you right now, the headspace that I'm in, I don't think that, I, I don't know. I just I, I just didn't feel like I wanted to do it to say, hey, your movie stinks, You the, you're, like, here's and it's in the top 10 list. If I'm reviewing it, I'll tell you I don't like it or not, but I don't know if I need to revisit it and, t- and again say this is how bad this show was and this is how bad this movie was. Well, anyway, that's what that's what the Razzies do. That's what their business is. So, Andrew Dominic's highly contentious Marilyn Monroe's biopic, Blonde, it topped the list of nominees for this year's Razzies, celebrating the year's worst achievements in cinemas. The Anadarmas-led Blonde scored eight nominations across the field, including Worst Picture, where it's up against other multiple nominees like Robert Zemeckis' live-action take on Disney's Pinocchio, the Jared Little Marvel Sony adaptation Morbius, and Machine, Kelly St- Machine Gun Kelly Stoner comedy Good Morning. Other nominees this year include Tom Hanks for Tom Parker and Elvis, and then there's a whole bunch of lists of nominees um, in, the, in the article. You can... Look them up. I don't want to go over all of them. Um, the only reason I want to bring this up is because the thing that look, uh, if if you make if you make the lists, and like I said, I'm not going to be a hypocrite saying, oh, I can't believe people are making lists. They did it. I did it for years with Ellis. I made these lists, and if you make them, great, absolutely. If you want, if you want to do, it, I'm not. I don't. I no one should be judged judged for doing a top ten worst. List. I saw people coming after people for doing top ten worst lists and stuff too, and it's like. It's been there forever, man. I just, like I said, I made the choice that I didn't want to do it. However, my big gripe with the Razzies, they should have they should have a little soul. Um, I know that they did it for Jake Lloyd, but they did it for this kid for Firestarter. And and I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm a dad now. I don't know. But if if my if my 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 daughter is is in that range of age and if she worked her if she worked a job at that age and got a, got a big role. And then for a laugh, someone nominated her for, for worst actress at 13 years old, where she really hasn't had a chance to do anything. Eh, fuck them. It's, 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 it's lame. It's lame. You know, you go after Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. will be all right. Tom Hanks will be all right. You're going to go after you, you on Adarmus will be all right. Um, is it, is it warranted that they go after him? Whatever. It's your own, decision this is a 13 year old child leave her the fuck alone and and stop hey guess who they nominated don't do that take her off the nominations it's not gonna what the second vote was like 13 behind who cares take her off the list we're not putting a fucking 13 year old girl on the list it's it's really shitty it's really fucking shitty um and she's 13 years old and and it's again i know it's the dad in me i get it because I do, the second I, I was reading the article, I was, I was walking my dog, and I was thinking of my kid. And I'm like, if my, my kid would be devastated. Devastated. Well, that's the business she got, and she's 13 years old. Ana de Armas, yeah, it's the business she got into. She'll be okay. Some people, the nominator, she'll feel shitty for a little bit, and then she'll, and then she'll roll around in a bed of cash. She'll be okay. 13 years old. Leave her the fuck alone. Um, anyway. 
I'm going to get off that high horse for a second. I apologize. Again, that's the dad in me. I get. I just saw that, and it pissed me off. Um, it's just lame. I, I, I would never even talk. Raz, do the Razzies. Fine. Have the Razzies all day long. Is it, It's whatever. People, your Razzies should be should be ended. Fine. Let them do There's other stupid things that should be ended, but they're going to do their thing. That's fine. But the, the 13-year-old kid is where I was like, no, that's stupid. I don't like it. I have a friend who wrote for the Razzies. I don't know if he still does, but he did for a long time. I love him. I love him. Presented at it and everything, too. And, and he had a lot of fun. He's a very funny guy. And just stuff, too. And I don't even know if he's involved in it anymore, but not a big fan of that about that choice at all. Um, okay. I got to bring this up. I'm going to bring up this, this because I think this is relevant to what I was talking about before. And this is, and Kevin Feige was asked about comic book movie fatigue, right? And I got to tell you, I loved his answer. I loved, I really, really loved his answer when asked about this. All right. So Kevin Feige was asked about superhero fatigue when they were, I guess there was something that um, someone said, how do you avoid superhero fatigue? And again, this is from Garth Franklin. Um, I'm convinced Garth Franklin owns Dark Horizons. Uh, a study of over 5,000 movie, TV, and gaming fans between the ages of 13 and 54 was conducted by fandom in November last year and revealed that superhero fatigue had become a real issue. The results indicated over 33% of Marvel fans had gotten fatigued with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is a considerably higher amount than the 20% of fans who said the same thing about the DCEU. Outside of that survey, more generalized talk of superhero fatigue has set in among not just cinephiles but casual moviegoers and could be seen in articles over the way that Top Gun Maverick and Avatar The Way of Water, two films outside the genre, beat Marvel at the box office in 2022. Speaking with the Movie Business Podcast, Marvel Studios president... And Chief Creative Officer Kevin Feige was asked how he tackles the issue of superhero fatigue among moviegoers, especially with the Marvel pushing out excuse me, with Marvel pushing out so much product to cinemas and on streaming. Feige said he's heard these concerns before. Feige says, I've been at Marvel Studios now for twenty two years, over twenty two years, and most of us here at Marvel Studios have been around a decade or longer together. From probably my second year at Marvel, people were saying, well, how long is this going to last? Is this fad of comic book movies going to end? I didn't really understand the question because to me, it was it was akin to say, is saying after Gone with the Wind, well, how many more movies can be made up of novels? Do you think the audience will sour on movies being adapted from books? Feige goes on to say that just like books, comics can offer a range of stories to keep the genre fresh. There's 80 years of the most interesting, emotional, groundbreaking stories that have been told in the Marvel comics, and it is our great privilege to be able to take what we have and adapt them. I found that if we tell the story right and we adapt them in a way that the audience still knock on wood so far is falling, uh, is, is falling us, falling? following us along plus 22 years later with then we can tell all types of movies that share two things um and this is right before phase five comes out so all right i have a lot to to say here with this um i agree with his comments in saying that this that there is ton, there are tons of stories out there Tons of stories, and I've always said, I remember saying this on, on AMC back in the day when this, this because I remember, to further his point, people have been talking about comic book superhero fatigue for many years. And I remember, again, being on AMC Movie Talk when this came up, and we brought this up. It's a genre, the same way that is it a horror, people done with horror movies, are people done with, um, you know, are they done? Maybe maybe people have seen so many horror movies back to back to back. They're like, oh man, I I I'm I'm horror movied out. I can't I can't see any more horror movies. It doesn't make the horror movie go away. It just means that you come back when there's a story you want to see. And it's the same thing with superhero movies. Now, there's a different topic though, where some of those fans at 33 percent or whatever that were polled, were they getting tired of what Marvel has been putting out lately? And I think that's a different conversation. It's not superheroes in general. Um, it's that this phase of Marvel was the least, at least enjoyable out of all of them. And I think that's I think that's a common thing. Even if you enjoyed it, I think it's hard to argue that it was the weakest out of the all the phases that were out there so far. And there are a lot of things out there to catch up on. There are a lot of things that you have to be um, locked into in order to keep up with it, and it can be overwhelming. And it might not make sense for people. And there are a lot of other things to watch. So you can understand why that would go away. But don't forget that there are a lot of people who are very much locked into this thing and still do go and check it out. Because, yes, Avatar 2 and Top Gun 
outgrossed some of the movies that were out for Marvel. Marvel had three movies, and they and Black Panther almost did a billion. Uh, I think it was like eight hundred, whatever it was. Um, and the other movies didn't bomb. They did very well. They just didn't. They just weren't the top getters because I do think there is merit to. And I said this earlier with my Dungeons and Dragons trailer reaction. There is a strong merit that when you are the only game in town and new games come to pl- come into town that are exciting, people want to play them. And when Top Gun comes back, you're like, oh, that's fun. And and you just it felt refreshing to see a movie like that, a big movie that wasn't a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie or a DC movie. And that's the same reason Dune, I think, will do really well. Because yes, it's in the same kind of, you know, fantasy sci-fi, but it's more it's it's different. And it's the same reason that I bring up this all the time. It's the same reason that Sandra Bullock romantic comedy did well. It's because it was a good date movie and it was a place to go to the theater. People are going back to the movies, but you got to give them something they want to watch. Um, and I think that's another reason why Avatar did well, because it was a big budget blockbuster movie that wasn't a Marvel movie. And it's not because people are just getting superhero movies out. They We want more than just to say, I love fucking pizza. But every once in a while, I want a burger. You know, it's like, it's uh, I, I can eat pizza all day long, but eventually, ah, I don't want pizza right now. It's, I want a burger. I want a steak. Some chicken. And and there's just, there's, there should be, and this year, there's going to be a lot more in the menu. But guess what? Those pizza slices, Ant-Man, Captain, the Marvels, and, and, uh, and, and Guardians, they're all going to do really well. They will all do very well. But John Wick 4 is going to do very well. Dune's going to do very well. Indiana Jones is going to do very well. We're, we remember also that Shang Chi, Eternals, even though they didn't do great, didn't really. I mean, there weren't a lot of big movies that came out in twenty twenty one. Spider Man, like there weren't any other. What were the and Dune, right? And it did pretty well. So, it's I don't believe that it is superhero fatigue. I don't. I think it's I think that it I I think Marvel fatigue is is real. And I think that in order to and I also think that Kevin Feige's um Kevin Feige's uh you know comments were were pretty were accurate and that stories can be told, but I think that they have to also acknowledge that some of the stories that they've told recently haven't hit maybe the way that they wanted to. Um even though they've also have made a lot of money. So again. I ask you guys, what do you think? Am I way off base? Do you agree with me? Do you not agree with me? Do you think that there is fatigue? Do you think that once phase five, because phase five could be could prove to say, well, obviously the people who are locked in, they're locked in, and and Ant Man and Guardians and the Marvels proved. And I think it is going to prove that Marvel is 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 they're okay, they're all right. Um, that's my show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you did. I um. I put I put this also in my um, in my reaction today. I people have always we're doing a we're, I got a stand up comedy show with Brett coming up. You see the flyer right there on February thirteenth, and it's at Flappers Comedy Club. As we kind of gear up towards the live of live tours that we're going to do, we're going to try to do a, a live show with the Big Thing crew. The idea is to do stand up for the first hour and then the Big Thing show the second hour. We're going to do one of those in L.A. We're going to do one in New York, hopefully in June. And then we're going to try to do one in Chicago in, like, September. That's the goal. So people, there are still some people who are brand new to the channel or maybe have been following me for a little bit, didn't even realize I did stand up and that I was a regular at the comedy store and I did all that stuff. Um, so not only have I posted a set that I did from last year on the channel, I posted a set recently from, like, 15 years ago that I did. And that's that's on this channel too. And there's the the video for just the, the the stuff in general. If you have not seen it and didn't know, YouTube didn't alert you. Go over there. Let me know that you were watching the show today and you wanted to check it out. And then link the links in there. And I put an i card in there for you to check it out as well. Um, okay. So if you haven't subscribed, please do that. Hit that button. Get us to seventy thousand. We're almost there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are found. Patreon. Got a lot of great stuff going on Patreon. These one-on-one sessions I've been doing, the Q&As. We just put the rewatch of Ant-Man. That's up there now, too. People have been asking where the rewatches are. They are on Patreon, so go check that out. And certainly, last but not least, you don't know shit, get yourself one of those shirts, Black Knight, or you can get 
Big Thing, Sith Council, Capes and Cows. <laughs> the Top Gun guy? <laughs> the Top Gun guy, all that and more. Thank you guys so very much. Thank you to Carbon Health. Thank you to all of our sponsors here today. We really appreciate you. And um, I can't wait to see you on, well, tomorrow I'm doing Campia's show. I'll be on Campia's show tomorrow. So if you want to check me out over there, I'll be over at John's show. Um, and then I will be back. I think tomorrow I'll be probably be covering a lot on John's show, the Oscar nominations for sure, but I'll be covering it on my channel. I will also, I mean, whenever this James Gunn announcement comes out, I'll probably be suing. I'm probably there waiting for the Oscar nominations. All right, we're doing that. And then obviously Sith Council Wednesday. Thursday is a big thing with me and Rox and Brett. And then Friday is Capes and Cows. All right, everybody. We'll see you on the flip side. Peace.